following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! And away we go, getting you ready for week eight in the NFL as the Mandos are on the road headed to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Welcome to the show, everybody. Bob Matthews here with you. Delighted that you are joining us. We are going to hear from the spark plug himself, Taylor Heineke, in just a couple of minutes. And then after that, the rooster, Chris Russell, from the team 980 in D.C., going to join us. We're going to talk about if, you know, things now are different than they were, say, a week ago or two weeks ago. You know, this team was going nowhere fast at 1-4, and four, and now at 3-4, and four, it's got a heartbeat. And after this weekend, maybe full-on back into the thick of things. Just in case you had forgotten, you do not need to sit down in front of your television set at one if the only thing you're concerned about are the commanders. This is Washington's uh, one weekend that they're going to be in the late window uh, on Fox. Uh, They will be a late game along with the Giants in Seattle and San Francisco and the Rams. And of course, the commanders and Colts are going to get the smallest audience in Fox's late window. It's pretty much D.C., Baltimore, Norfolk, Richmond, the rest of the state of Virginia, parts of West Virginia, the state of Indiana, Nashville, Jacksonville, for some reason, and I'm not sure why Jacksonville's taking the game, and Austin, Texas. And that part is obvious because Sam Ellinger is going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts' uh, less than two years after being the starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns. And that's what makes this so interesting this week. I understand that everybody, you know, was saying that, oh, well, it would have been better with Matt Ryan because Sam Ellinger is an unknown commodity. But look, the way the defense has played and the defense has played well, there is absolutely no reason in the world Sam Ellinger should come in here and, and beat the Washington Commanders, not in his first ever NFL start. It's ju- It should not happen. Period. End of story. Consider it done. This should be a layup for the Commanders. And I know it's probably not going to be, and it could be dicey into the second half, but this is about the best situation you can have. And, and it's it's fascinating how... A little bit of subtraction has added up to addition. You know, the old saying, addition by subtraction. We're going to talk, uh, Taylor Heineke is going to address that in a second. But, you know, you have to start to wonder now. And I'm going to talk about this with Russell as well. If you take a look at the two quarterbacks, 
Heineke, Carson Wentz. There's no comparison. Wentz has more talent. That's just all there is to it. But given the reality of the situation, Taylor Heineke may not just be the best guy for right now, but for the rest of the year. I mean, this offensive line is not great. It's gotten handled. I don't think it's conducive to having a guy that sits back there in the pocket all day. I think it's much better when it's got a quarterback like Heineke that can move around. It's like with the defense. William Jackson III is one of the best cover corners in the league, but Washington's defense doesn't play a lot of man-to-man. And so having Benjamin St. Just out there in that spot and having Richard Wild Goose in the slot has made for a much better defensive unit on the back end, and that's what had been the problem the first month of the season, though, so or so. Same with last year, you know. Big plays because of confusion on the back end. You didn't see that last week. Went back and looked at the tape. It was a pretty solid game that the defense played. It really was. I mean, when you consider who you were playing there, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers has all his weapons or not, it's a pretty solid game played by the defense. I think that's maybe it's one of the reasons why Jamin Davis is playing better now. I mean, if, you, if you've got another, if you can think of another reason, I'm wide open to it. Same with the offense. Heineke knows it better, and maybe just because of the current state of the offensive line without a Brandon Sheriff this year, without an Eric Flowers this year, and right now without a Sam Cosme, maybe Heineke is the best quarterback for him in there. Now, how much better can this team be this year? I don't know. Because I, and I know we're all looking at the the schedule right now. How many more games are they going to win with Heineke as the starting quarterback as opposed to Wentz? We'll talk about that with the Rooster as well coming up in just a few minutes. But first, we got to go into the locker room. It's Taylor Heineke Day here on the show. So, somebody, anybody, please cue that dramatic music for me. All right, today was Taylor Heineke's day to meet the media. We got to talk to him at the podium today. And one of the questions that was asked today, and I think it's a good one, is why has did the offense perform better last week? Was it a one-off? We'll find out. I don't think it's going to be against the Colts, but I guess it's possible. But Heineke was asked, you know, what, what's different about this year as opposed to last year. And he said that, yeah, you know, he does feel a lot more comfortable in the offense this year. Um, maybe a little bit of both. Um, I, I truly don't know the answer, but, um, yeah, I've been I've been with Scott for six years now. Um, so I think he understands what I do best. And, um, you know, I understand the offense. And I get what he's trying to look for, what he's looking for, and what he's trying to accomplish. So, um, you know, we have full trust in each other. And, again, you know, Part of my game is, is my legs. So if I can use them a little bit, I think it just helps the offense you know, all around. There's been a lot of talk about that uh, this week. And I, I think that, and I think this isn't original to me, I think Kevin Sheehan brought it up earlier this week. You know, Carson Wentz might be Scott Turner's, um, you know, ideal of a perfect quarterback for this system. But I think even Turner himself might be more comfortable calling plays for Taylor Heineke because he's more familiar with him. And, you know, again, given what you've got to work with this year, 
I think Heineke might be the better option. You know, again, what have we talked about so much this year, so much last year? You know, coaches trying to fit square pegs into round holes. Maybe Turner's finally gotten it, that you can't do everything maybe that you want to do with Taylor Heineke, but there are things that Taylor Heineke does well in this offense, and you need to maximize those. Hmm. What a concept. Hey, if they've gotten it, who knows where this thing can go. Uh, We also asked Heineke about, you know, the notion that – Maybe he's not as talented as uh, other guys out there. Uh, and he said that's absolutely fine with him if that's a narrative that people want to roll with. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of been my story growing up. I've always been told I was too, you know, small, not strong enough arm. So I had to find something within me to, you know, make the make the leap. And, uh, you know, the grit has been carrying me for a long time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big part of my game. And, you know, the interesting thing and maybe the endearing thing and one of the reasons Heineke is so popular is he doesn't seem to use it as a chip on his shoulder. You know, there's no resentment there towards that. It's it's more just part of his self-awareness, I think, that he realizes he's got a really great gig going here. Maybe one that he that was half luck and half a ton of hard work. And he's going to ride it for all it's worth. I, I think that, you know, that comes off the fact that hey if he starts the rest of the year great if he starts until Carson Wentz gets back also great when we come back Russell Mania goes into full effect it's Chris Russell for the team 980 joins us we talk about Heineke the rest of the season and more so stick around it's the Bob Matthews podcast right here on the Pigskin Podcast Network Hockey fans, it is finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets. Hey, you like the Caps and Kings coming up this Saturday? You like Ovi to score a goal and creep closer to Gordie Howe? Well, if all that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team's going to win, how many goals are going to be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whatever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny in New York, visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 and over, 18 and over, New Hampshire and Wyoming. 
physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, select parishes, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. New customer offer void in New Hampshire, Oregon, or Ontario, Canada. New customers only one per customer. Valid minimum $5 deposit, minimum $5 wager. Bet must win. $200 issued as eight $25 free bets. Free bets are non-cashable and cannot be withdrawn. Free bets must be wagered one time and stake is not included in any returns or winnings. Free bets expire seven days after being awarded. Promotional offer ends one fifteen twenty three. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Time to bring the rooster in from the nation's capital. Chris Russell, Team 980, joins us now, co-host of Russell and Methurst, as well as uh, podcasts and YouTube shows and so much that he's got going on. We can't even mention it all here. The list is way too long. Russell, how you doing, my friend? Hey, Bob. How are you, pal? Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you making time for us. And so does the audience. I know. Let's jump into it, man. Um, well, always I, good to be with you. I guess the first question, uh, you know, or the first statement or the first bit, however you want to put it, but I'm throwing the softball up there. Mm-hmm. So the Taylor Heine experience, a, a thrilling two point win over Green Bay and the entire year's changed, right? Everything now is coming up roses, correct? Well, <laughs> I think we know the answer to that. I mean, long way to go on that one. If, you know, let's take, let's take it truly week by week. Right. Um, and, and I think, you know, ultimately the test of time will show us that he is what a lot of us think he is. If not all of us think he is, which is, you know, a nice little spark plug, the little engine that could, but uh, somebody with some, you know, some pretty good flaws. And I think we saw all of that on display on Sunday. Now, the one thing you can go back to on Sunday and say, well, he's not going to do what he did in the first half again, because he's not going to be as rusty as he was. And that is fair. That's true. He's got a week to practice. He played in a game, um, you know, so on and so forth. The problem is, is I've seen stretches. I'm sure you have Bob. I've seen stretches. I go back to the Sunday night football game in Dallas right after Christmas. Now, now again, he didn't play the previous week because of COVID and that was a weird week and whatever, you know, he wasn't very good in that game either. Uh, you know, I mean, the, it made it, you know, one or two good throws, but I mean, he really struggled. Right. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think what we saw was again, everything that Taylor Heineke is and isn't on Sunday. Now, the question is, is can they get more of the is than the isn't? And can you get away a second week in a row, a third week in a row, uh, two times out of three games, whatever it might be, with as horrendous of a first half as you had on Sunday against Green Bay? Now, again, I hope with some oil running through the engine that you don't have that, but they got lucky. They got lucky to only be down, I think it was by three or whatever it was at the half. Um they were very, very, very fortunate. Not only the fumble return 
you know, that was wiped out because of a penalty that was somewhat questionable. But also, just on the first two series alone, Taylor made some just god-awful throws, never mind the pick six, which was hideous, uh, in front of J.D. McKissick with Devondre Campbell picking it off. So, I mean, if, if one more of those throws turns into a turnover, you know, especially the ones on the first series of the game deep inside the 10-yard line. And by the way, I think that's why Matt LaFleur challenged that because Matt LaFleur was trying to gamble that I've got a risky, you know, uh, a risky quarterback who hasn't played in a while um, uh, by down and distance and by field position. And anyway, they, they, whatever, whatever you think of that decision. And he almost right was right because Taylor Heineke was awful, awful from the start. So I hope that the Taylor Heineke we get this Sunday in Indianapolis and moving forward is a much, much, much more steadier version. You and you and me both. I, I always, I like to, uh, take a step back. And when I look at, and we all do this, you know, so you look at the schedule, I'll get back to Heineken in a second, but you, you look at the schedule. I kind of look at it like, uh, like, like the map on election night with the electoral votes. I can look at the schedule and I can make a cognizant and logical argument to get you to seven wins, but I can't without really starting to stretch it, get it beyond that. Did you see anything last week provided you agree with that premise that says, okay, maybe this team is capable of more than, than seven wins. Um, I mean, they're already at three, right. And, yeah. you know, and I'll give you this weekend, so they, Houston, play, they played seven games. So they, yeah, right. I can give you this weekend, Houston, get... Cleveland, and, uh, bah, 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 there's one other, uh, uh Atlanta and Atlanta, well, the, Atlanta, and uh right exactly but now everybody thought the giants games were going to be you know layups and obviously that's not the case right so right. i don't think by any stretch the you know even this week is a layup right i mean it looks like it on paper when you get the break of sam ellinger but i mean is that a break i mean if matt ryan's not getting sacked fumbling or throwing interceptions at a league leading rate um maybe that was the break. maybe I don't know. Um, you know, so, I mean, as we look out, right, with uh, – they played seven games, and obviously they have ten more. I mean, do I think that they could get four out of ten? Yes. Do I think they could get five out of ten? I hope. Do I think they can get six out of ten to get to um, nine and eight, which is where I had them predicted before the season – and to make the NFC playoffs as the seventh seed, as the uh, with, with with like the fifth tiebreaker being involved, and that was my way of like <laughs> right. having a little bit of fun. Um, you, I mean, look, it's hard. Like, yeah, of course it is. Even with some of some of the the perceived easy schedule ahead. Now, listen, I don't think the Giants are lights out by any means, but they've always struggled against the Giants. And the Giants are actually coached well and run well this year. Um, so, I mean, how could you say that's anything more than a split? And Atlanta, despite all of their talent issues, and there are numerous talent issues, they have fought their guts off for Arthur Smith and that new regime last year and this year, right? Now, they're not good, you know, but are they capable of grinding out and winning a game? 
Buffalo over it? Absolutely. And then Houston, same thing. I mean, my gosh, Houston's got very little talent. But I know one thing. They'll fight you tooth and nail. As other teams have found out, Denver has found out. Uh, Indianapolis found out. Uh, other teams have found out, right? Uh, Chicago even. Um, and, and, and you know, so, I, like, nothing is going to be easy. Again, do I think they could get to seven wins? If they don't get to seven wins, that would be a major disappointment. That's only four out of the next 10. It, it, it's really for me about eight or nine, and I don't see it being any higher than that. Can you get me to eight wins to at least representable and a one game improvement over Ron Rivera's first two years? Or can you get me to nine wins? And even if you don't make the playoffs, you can at least say, all right, well, look, uh, yeah, that stinks, but we were plus 500 and we rebounded from a one and four hole. Right. But to do that, again, it's the four that that you think they can win. And then you've got to, I mean, that that means either going out to San Francisco, winning there, mm-hmm. or winning a couple of division games, which right now today is just, you know, that's a toss up because you, it, as we've seen, they're just not as good as, as, as right. Dallas uh, or the giants. We don't think at that point, Hey, you were there uh, or, or, on, the, or, or the giants, at least record wise, yeah. at least record wise. Right. So yeah. when looking at Heineke, as you did in person last mm-hmm. Sunday, did you notice anything different about just the offense and the team overall with him playing quarterback as opposed to Wentz? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good, but it's a, a layered question and a complex question to answer. So they're definitely all week long. And on Sunday, there seemed to be a little bit of a different energy, a little bit of a different feel. I don't want to make it seem like they didn't want to play for Carson Wentz, but there's just a extra, little bit extra bulldog in Taylor Heineke. And I think teammates and, and people and fans and people in the organization know that. Um, and I think they always admired that. And they liked that about Taylor Heineke. That being said, you know, like in the first half, it seemed very much like, of course, gloom and doom. And like any other Sunday at FedEx Field, miserable. And like you wanted to put, you know, bags on your face. Right. Um, but in the Which second some people half, did and had them taken clear- away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But in the second half, you know, I mean, I, mean a compl- I don't want to say a complete turnaround because, you know, it's not like they went bonkers, but I mean, if you if you think about it, right, the one throw that I don't know that Taylor Heineke, you know, that he made on Sunday that that I didn't see him make for the most part last year. I mean, maybe one exception. There, there was two back to back throws to J.D. McKissick, I think it was. And then Ricky Seals Jones, of all people, in week two against the Giants on Thursday night, in which they went boom, boom, boom down the stretch and down the field and, and, and tied up the game or whatever they did or took the lead. I can't remember what it, whatever it was. Like the throw to Terry McLaurin was, yeah, 37 yards in terms of a touchdown, but it was 49.4 yards in the air and it could not have been placed better. And it was thrown with zip and accurate. Now, if that's the Taylor Heineke I'm going to get more often than last year or in the first half, then yeah, I mean, I think you might have something a little, a little something here. This is, do I believe that? And, and the answer right now is no, I don't believe that that's going to consistently be what you get, but th- it's unmistakable. His teammates love to play for him. Uh, there's a certain joy. There's a certain backyard 
kind of element to his game. There's a certain, um, you know, just genuine likability that, quite honestly, I don't know was there for Carson Wentz, number one. I don't think it was there for Alex Smith. I don't think it was there for uh, even Dwayne Haskins. And I feel bad for saying that considering everything that has happened. Uh, Kyle Allen, uh, Colt McCoy. I mean, I, I think Taylor brings a spunk and a, 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 again, I use bulldog, a bulldog mentality that a lot of other quarterbacks that have been here at least just don't have. No, I agree with you. To me, it, 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 I said this before, but, kind of in a way reminds me of Billy Kilmer, if you want to go back that far. Mm -hmm. You know, Billy did not. Yeah, now, very, I, was, I, good I, I wasn't around for those. I wasn't around for those days, but I've heard, you know, some stories from Sonny Jerkinson in the booth, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and have read and, and, and learned and, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, I, I to, to, to Billy or, 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 you know, to Taylor, here's, here's what I know, Bob, I, you know, I just know this, that, you know, and I don't know how you feel like those two throws to Terry on the final offensive possession. Like I know Carson Wentz is capable of making those throws. I think he gets sacked or absolutely ambushed on at least one of them. And maybe both of them. I don't think, I know he's capable of making them. I don't know if he actually makes them and completes them, if that makes sense. And that helped kill the clock because it burned all the timeouts of the Green Bay Packers. So that when the Packers got the ball back, even after two first downs by the commanders, when the Packers got the ball back, they only had like, uh, what was it? Uh, I think like 28, 20, yeah, 30 seconds, mm -hmm. 28 seconds, whatever it was. And they had no timeouts. So, I mean, you know, the, those kind of sequences, those kind of plays are maybe the plays that as we look back on each game, two or three plays where I don't know if Carson Wentz makes them, whereas Taylor Heineke seems to be able to make them. Yeah, it's a I think it's addition by subtraction. And I think Heineke could be the right guy right now because you're right. I mean, there's no comparison if you look at the two of them in a vacuum when it comes to talent, but when you've got an offensive line, that's got the issues that it has with a statue mm -hmm. in the pocket, it may very well wind up being that Taylor Heineke is more effective because he can escape the blitz. You can roll him out. He can throw on the run, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting. Um, Scott Turner really um, didn't move the pocket around a lot. The first half, he did it more in the second half. They have not not a tremendous amount. It's not like they were sprinting out or boot, booting every single play, but you know, a little play action sprinted, uh, sprinkled in, uh, a little bit of movement, um, you know, seemed to help him. Um, and I think the reason, like everybody gets up in arms, why Scott Turner doesn't constantly move his quarterbacks. You know, I think part of the reason is you know quarterbacks often tend to lose their fundamentals and their vision when they're on the run. You know, it takes a lot, believe it or not, to do what Aaron Rodgers did on the second Aaron Jones touchdown Sunday. Uh, and I was watching it very, very closely, you know, again, and you know our perch, and it was on the other half of the field. But, I mean, to see what Aaron Rodgers did under center, play action, boots to his non-natural left side, right? Then he's got to flip his hips. And – 
run and throw an accurate, absolute dart over tight coverage in the end zone, 25 yards down the field to Aaron Jones, a running back, not even a receiver. It takes a lot to do that and to do it well. And I wonder if they don't see over the years and this year, if they don't see their quarterbacks, which everybody wants, oh, just boot, just boot, uh, sprint, move, move the pocket, shuffle the pocket, this, that, the other thing. I wonder if they don't see that in practice, and especially when they go back and watch it on tape, in terms of the eye level and the eye discipline up and 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 looking at his targets and or the mechanics, you know, foot, feet, hips, arms, shoulder, everything, body, everything that goes into being a quarterback, but being a quarterback under duress and on the run. Mm, yeah, it's 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 a fascinating. It's a fascinating question and a fascinating conundrum that I guess we're going to see, uh, you know, solved here or answered here in the next few weeks. Final question for you. Do we see Carson Wentz back on the field this year or do you think he's done? Um, I think he, I think you see him back. I, I don't think you see him back for another four games at least, which would be Indy, Minnesota, Philadelphia, thank God, we don't have to deal with either Indy or Philly in terms of those storylines. Uh, I know media generally wants those storylines. I get exhausted from them. Uh, but thank God we don't have to deal with that. Uh, and then Houston, right? And the reason why I say Houston is even if he's cleared somehow after just four weeks, which would be the end of the Philly game, right? I mean, how does he practice basically on two days of practice? Because that's a short week. You know, they play at Philly Monday night at Houston Sunday between, um, you know, and, and, and Wednesday is just going to basically be a glorified walkthrough, you know, so they're going to have two real practice dates. You're going to throw Carson Wentz, even if Heineke is really struggling and goes zero and three in his next three starts and plays subpar, subpar, are, are you going to throw Carson Wentz right in there? I don't know if you should do, I don't think you should. I mean, nothing would surprise me with this organization, exactly. but I don't think you should. However, that being said, you know, if say it's say it's five games and Heineke is two and three or one and four and not playing well, or even I guess three and two, and again, not playing well and they're winning in spite of Heineke, then I can see them going back to Carson. Now, what I don't see them doing is going from Heineke to Howell, unless it's a, a lot more than, you know, uh, the next four or five weeks, meaning like, I think how only probably plays in the later part of the season. And maybe when they're eliminated, think, you know, Cleveland and Dallas at home, final two games of the year kind of thing. If they're eliminated, that's my guess. I don't know that for sure, uh, but that's my hunch. Um, but I, I tell you what I could see is, you know, whenever Carson Wentz comes back and gets cleared and comes back, you know, and presumably because Heineke's not lighting it up, Wentz comes back, he continues to struggle, then he either gets injured or gets benched legitimately the first time. Uh, and then Heineke comes back, and then how and then Wentz comes back, and then maybe Howell gets in. And where we have a merry-go-round at quarterback, because neither of these guys, quite honestly, are consistent enough where you can say, ah, oh, okay. That is somebody I really want to build around. That is somebody I really feel like, you know, he's he's going to get a lot better as you get more oil running through that engine. Maybe, 
maybe that happens, but it's unlikely in my opinion. Give him a follow on Twitter, folks, at WrestleMania621. It's Russell and Medhurst, 9 to noon, every day on the Team 980 out of D.C. You can always find it on the Odyssey app if you are out of market. Chris Russell, thank you, my friend. I so appreciate you stopping by today. We shall chat soon. Thanks, Rob. Look forward to seeing you soon. Always good to have the rooster with us. Apologies, uh, boys and girls, for uh, some of the dropouts there. Had a little bit of an internet issue at times, but hope you enjoyed it. We always do when the rooster joins us. That's going to do it for us. Time to get out of here. We will talk to you after the Colts game. Have a good one. Enjoy it. And remember, like the wise men once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white.